Hello. Hello. Hi. I'm in a better <laughs> mood because I know you and I were going – we kind of went, got in this, like, energy lull after Halloween ended. Mm-hmm. But you know what I realized is what? that all of the Halloween items are now on sale. <laughs> so I've been shopping all of the oh my gosh. sections what for did next year. get? I haven't gotten anything yet, but my okay. cart has a skull, like, taper candle holder, like a terracotta Ooh. one. And then I have a bowl with, like, little tiny skulls. There's a lot of skulls. Wow. A lot of black, a lot of skulls. But I love the season. it. Okay, well, I'm going to do that when I get home. What? Yeah. Or when I get uh, when you when get, I get home, home. <laughs> when I get done recording. Perfect. Mentally well, home. When I get <laughs> mentally home, I will do it. <laughs> it's always a struggle over here. This is two girls, one ghost. Two girls, one ghost. I feel like I'm at your house when I'm recording with you. Like we, I feel like we're in a different place. We're in our little zone. <laughs> <laughs> You're in my bedroom, and I'm in your bedroom. <laughs> we're in the computer, and we are your ghostesses. That's Corinne. Hi. And I'm Sabrina, and I've spent – I'm working on a new project right now, and it's like a paranormal thriller. And so in prep for it, I've just been – well, today specifically, I just have been reading and watching horror movies and horror genre television. So I'm in a very weird mental space, if you can already tell. What were today's flicks? Today's flicks. I just watched – the Visit, which is an M. Night Shyamalan movie. I watched The Shining and I read the script for House on a Haunted Hill. And then I need to, I want to watch Haunting of Hill House again. Mm, great. Mm-hmm. This is, yeah, these are all like dark. Yeah, the best. The best. <laughs> Very psychological, yeah, psycho, psychological thrillers. I basically knew that today was going to be a day because we're recording today. I was like, it's going to already be, you know, paranormal filled day. So I may as well right. really lean into it and get Double up. ready and prepared for our recording. Today is the darkness. The darkness. Because it's an encounters episode. Encounters. You know what I realized? I'm listening what? back to a couple, not to make us self-conscious before we start. Oh, but good. in listening back to a few of our episodes as soon as i go to start read an ep whoa oh my god what's happening to my mouth it's you you made yourself self-conscious now i know my transitions into saying like okay i have a i have a story to read i always say alrighty oh <laughs> and then you go okay and we do it every single time you're like okay and i'm like alrighty <laughs> we have our things I know we do. In one episode, I said it like five times. What else would you say? I guess every time I was about to read, and here I go. Three, two, one. And another story. And I embark upon another reading of a tale submitted by a writer, or I guess a listener. <laughs> no, a writer al- of already? a story that is a listener. Yeah. That sounds the paranormal. hard. Anyway, already. Alrighty. Let's get, let's get <laughs> It just makes sense. It does. So does okay. It's okay. It's okay. And you're up first. Here I go. Alrighty. This obviously got my attention because of the title, though don't let the title mislead you. Okay. It is called, If a Bigfoot Farts in the Woods and No One Is There to Hear It, Does It Make a Sound? Oh, of course. That is written for you. (laughs) 
know. It says, gotcha. This is not about Bigfoot. (laughs) (laughs) Although I do live in the Pacific Northwest, so I would like to think that he walks through my garden when I'm not looking, shaking the squirrel feeder into his mouth like corn nuts. (laughs) (laughs) Long-time listener, first-time writer. Although I have a feeling it won't be the last time as I have so many stories. I have seriously enjoyed hearing all of the spooky stories and I'm so excited to share mine. However, I refuse to do the obligatory sorry it's so long because I'm not sorry and I know y'all love it. (laughs) We do. exactly. One of the experiences I remember extremely vividly was when I was about 13. My friend and I were home alone in her new house. We had been helping her family move stuff in all day and it was time for dinner. We were tasked to keep an eye on things while her parents went to get food. Of course, being 13 in a new house, we took the opportunity to run amok and explore everything. In the basement, there was a very oddly shaped closet situation. Like a linen closet, but slightly bigger with no shelves inside. I cracked the door open and found writing on the walls. Names, ages, and some sort of haunting little messages like... Don't make daddy mad. <gasps> I wish I wasn't bad. Things like oh that. Oh my gosh. Yeah, this is really sad. Yeah. I was pretty disturbed by it, to be honest, and decided to take a minute to practice something that I had learned from my grandmother. She caught my gift pretty early. I am a medium. I sat and I cleared my mind and I tried to feel the energy in the room. I felt a sense of sadness and fear and rage. The rage almost came from a distance and inched closer and closer the longer I meditated until I felt it right on me. That's when I shot up and I ran up the stairs to meet my friend who was in her room. I clearly startled her. I blew into that room like a bat out of hell, out of breath, and shook up. And I told her that I felt something bad, and we both snuggled up on her bed discussing it. That's when I heard a clink, like the sound of someone flipping a coin and it hitting the hard wood. Her stairs were carpeted, so this made no sense to us. It started at the bottom of the stairs, then we heard another clink, closer up the stairs, and then another, even closer. Ooh. It literally sounded like someone flipping coins up the stairs one by one. <gasps> We sat in fear, staring at the closed door, listening to the sound come closer to us when finally it came to the top of the landing and then silence. I thought, okay, maybe it's done. So I peered over at the door, prepping myself to be brave and leave the safety of her bed. That's when we heard a loud bang and the door flew open like it had been kicked. We both jumped out of our skin, expecting to see this huge monster, but there was literally nothing. Just an open door. Oh, no. We investigated the stairs to see if the coins or metal objects that we heard were there, but they weren't. The stairs were clean. The house was blessed after that, and I don't think it fixed anything, but maybe for the time being, it set all of us at ease. I'll never forget that night. So many other things have happened since then, and even before then, but that story always stands out strong in my mind as if it just happened yesterday. Looking back on it now as a witch, medium, and spiritual communicator, I wish I could have released the sad spirits trapped there. The energy in that home was palpable no matter what we did. If I knew then what I do now, I would have done more. Also, P.S. I sent this story about a year ago, and apparently technical difficulties caused it to be deleted before it sent. Cough, cough, ghost shenanigans. (laughs) love y'all keep up the good work stay spooky and i'll see you on the other side aubrey okay aubrey go back to the house you know where it is see if it's still haunted now with your powers see if you can help those spirits right and bring us along or videotape it i don't know where aubrey is in her life and and her age i wonder if her friend's parents still live in that house break in if if it's successful (laughs) oh my gosh then we're gonna get another listener being like I thought this was a ghost haunting, but actually it was a real life intruder. (laughs) 
Wow. Oh my gosh. It's one of those things that's so scary to me when, well, the whole situation is really terrifying and startling and also Mm -hmm. sad because of those messages. Like, what did it mean and what was going on with that spirit? But like, the fact that they're sitting up in the room, scared, and they hear these sounds, like as if someone is approaching them very clearly, like you hear it. So you assume there's like a body with it and then the door gets kicked in and no one's there. But that doesn't mean that no one was actually there, you know, which scares me. Because it's like they went through that same doorway because it appeared empty. But was it actually empty? Did the spirit – was the spirit like with them? Yeah. Well, and also just the writing downstairs in the basement in that closet. It clearly seems like someone was held there against their will. That someone was being – a child was being punished by their their father. And it's really disturbing to think about what could have happened. But it almost makes me think that perhaps what Aubrey – and her friend experienced was an imitation or a replication of what that child had experienced. Oh my gosh. The fear cowering in their room as their father slowly makes his way up the like stairs. Kicks the door in. Oh yes. No. Yes. Oh, I have chills thinking about it. How horrible. Oh, that's I mean, sad. Yeah. Interesting. Like the ghost was like, now that you know I'm here, let me show you what happened to me. Mm-hmm. Right. Exactly. Whoa. Especially because Aubrey clearly has immense ability in terms yeah. of what she's capable of. And I don't know if she had tapped into it at this point or not in her life. It was something she realized later. But yeah, I mean, she happened upon that closet and she seemed like a, a good person to expose the story to. I yeah. Think. I mean, it does sound like Aubrey hasn't wasn't able, hadn't tapped in fully to her abilities at that point, mm-hmm. which also makes me wonder, Aubrey, what else has happened to you? What else have you seen? What other ghosts have you encountered? Please. I want to know everything. I know. And I, I also want to know, like, what else did the friend experience while in, living in there? Like, house? this was their house. Yeah. Yeah. It's one of those things where it's like, part of me so badly wishes I was a medium or open in the way Aubrey sounds to be. Just because, one, I would love to be able to help spirits. And two, I just want more stories, I guess. But then I'm also so terrified of it that I so aggressively do not want that at the same time. <laughs> That I kind of wish we just had, I don't know, I wish I had someone in my life who was like super, I mean, I guess my dad is, but someone who like saw ghosts all the time. Yeah. It's an amazing power, but I think one that a lot of people probably go back and forth on, like you're saying, like, yeah. is this special or or does this feel more like a curse? Yeah. I guess it depends on who's haunting you at the moment. That's true. Okay. Well. <laughs> okay. Okay. Oh my gosh. <laughs> See, I didn't even think about it. <laughs> Oh, it's and like then, it's it's oh now I wow say okie dokie okie dokie see that doesn't come naturally I'm gonna have to retrain <laughs> my brain no it's fine you can say okay it it's similar matter. to how you know growing up when you were doing speeches for school I would practice to my mom and I would say like all the time I probably mm-hmm. still do I think I say like every other word in this podcast but once you were made aware of how much you say it. It almost just makes speaking so much harder because yes, you're just you, ca- you thinking, catch yourself. You're like ah, right, yeah. So I'm gonna start saying d'accord, which means okay in French. D'accord. D'accord. I think that's what it means. D'accord. Yeah, d'accord. Oh, it means like in agree in agreement or okay. But okay, d'accord. <laughs> or on the album, I'm just gonna start start speaking different languages. <laughs> okay. Oh my gosh, <laughs> it's my reset. All right, we don't need to spend more time on this. This is a story from Nita. It is called Ghost Hand in the Wardrobe. Hello, ghosts and ghouls. My name is Nita, and I live in Lewisham, London. 
I love, love, love you girls and you're my fave podcast. So my story starts in 1993. I was four years old and I remember it was raining with thunder and lightning. I could hear talking, but I couldn't make out what was being said, but I knew it was coming from my wardrobe. I was laying in my bed and I heard the door open, but I was half asleep thinking it was my mom coming in to check on me. It wasn't. It was my wardrobe door opening. And I looked and I saw a hand waving at me. All I can say is it looked like a Mickey Mouse hand. And then I heard the talking getting louder and louder. It was saying, she's asleep, don't wake her. She's asleep, don't wake her, over and over. So naturally, I screamed and my mom came to see what had happened. My mom said I was overhearing the neighbors, but I just knew it was not the neighbors. So years later, and now I know that I can see and hear spirits, but back then I had no idea what was happening. In 1997, we moved into a new house, and boy, was it haunted. The very day we moved in, a man died by suicide by jumping from the roof of the flats. We were on the top floor, which was 10 floors high, and I tragically saw him fall past the window. After that, we heard footsteps on the roof constantly, like pacing, which I would think was him reliving that moment. In my bedroom, I had a little cupboard, and I could hear a voice of a little girl saying hello and help. But every time I opened the door, nothing was there. My toys would go off all the time without touching them, even if they had no batteries. We later learned that the old man that lived there before us had kidnapped a little seven-year-old girl and kept (gasps) her in the cupboard. Oh my god. Unfortunately, he killed her, and you can probably imagine what else he did, but let's not. I remember laying in bed, and I felt something or someone watching me. I could hear the heavy breathing, and I turned over to see this old man in the corner of my room. He charged at me, and I screamed, of course, because who wouldn't? I jumped up and put on the light, and he wasn't there. My mom was on a late shift, so all I had was my German Shepherd to protect me. We shortly moved after that again, and this house that I'm in now has nothing but good vibes. Sorry for the long email, but stay spooky and see you on the other side, whispered Nita. Wow. Oh, my gosh. I don't know what, what is up with this episode and having a theme of poor children being locked away in small yeah. small spaces, but that makes me feel so sorry for all of the spirits that are in that building because there's the seven-year-old girl whose life mm-hmm. I can't even imagine what it what it was like for her being yeah. abducted and, and with that man. Right. And then the spirit of the man who passed tragically and having yeah. to relive those final contemplative moments. It is interesting to me because the pacing of the feet on the roof does make me wonder if it's residual. Mm. And then also the way that Nita explained hearing the hello and help. But then when she went to investigate, there was nothing there. Makes me wonder if that's maybe also residual. And I almost hope it is so that that little girl has passed on. Mm-hmm. And then that creepy old man is clearly a very active haunting the way that it charged at her. Yeah. Oh, God. Ah! I know. Of course. I mean, yeah, I would scream just like she did. <laughs> oh, 100%. You basically just did <laughs> and just heard about it. Yes. Oh, I wonder what her dog experienced while there, the German Shepherd. I know. How many things he saw. To be an animal. Ooh, this is like, can't we just trade places for like, an hour with an animal of choice. Yeah, but what if you do that and y- you become Leia and you look around the room and there's a ton of dead people, spirits everywhere. And then you realize that they're on your bed, in your closet, against your wall, up <laughs> on the roof. Then I'll be at least glad that I can't see them in my normal life. Yeah, that's true. 
<laughs> so, or I can silver lining. Yeah. I don't know. I'd kind of be like, oh, cool. Yeah. It, unless it's like these poor ghost children, because I would just feel so sorry for them. Yeah. Yeah. Are you going to say it? What, what was it? All righty. Okie okay, dokie. Okay, oh, shit. <laughs> I've already reset myself. <laughs> wow. I'm impressed. All righty. I have a story <laughs> for you. So a while back, we had mentioned, wouldn't it be cool if we had first responder stories? Mm-hmm. So we got one from Ooh. Lindsay, and I'm going to read it to you. Fun. Okay. And now I'm turning into you. Okay. <laughs> Hello, spooky ladies, fur baby, and ghost. First off, hi, my name is Lindsay, she, her, and I am newish to your podcast. I enjoy listening to the Encounters episodes, and I'm catching up on the rest of the show. I tried to listen to your podcast at home, but apparently experience shadow figures while doing so. Therefore, I keep to listening during car rides during the day. Very oh, fair. Gosh. <laughs> the fact that you're still listening is, in- is just... Dedication. I'm writing to tell you stories about the haunted fire station I work at in Colorado. There are so many stories on how it came to be haunted and by whom, but no one actually has confirmed it. Many of us believe that the spirits are from patients that follow us back to the station, and others say that the station was built on some sort of burial ground. We constantly see things out of the corner of our eyes. We get that someone is watching you feeling, and we see shadow figures moving from here to there. And although I believe that there are many ghosts and possibly a demon that frequents our station, the main ghost that we refer to is by the name of Isaac. Here are three creepy and short stories. First story. Isaac likes to hang out in one of the station's upstairs bathrooms. There's a frosted window that faces out onto the bay where the fire trucks are, and we constantly see the light turn on and a shadow figure walk back and forth in that room. Sometimes if you go into the bathroom and you knock on the door that leads to the toilet, you'll hear, go away. Assuming it's another firefighter, you walk away. And it isn't until you realize that all of the firefighters are downstairs in the office do you start to quietly freak out. It's like moaning Myrtle. I know. Maybe Isaac is just trying to take a shit. (laughs) (laughs) Second story. Isaac, or perhaps something else, likes to stare at you whilst you sleep and may even try to pull you out of your bed. Oh. I've had several colleagues tell me this story. Multiple accounts of how they've woken up to a cold hand grabbing their ankles and pulling and or waking up and being face to face with a bloody distorted man. <gasps> oh my gosh. And the third story is about a supposed demon. One of the captains here experienced the three knocks phenomenon every night that he was here at exactly 3 a.m. He explained that for some reason he would wake up at 2.59 and before he could get settled again, right at 3, there would be three knocks on his door. The first time it happened, he opened his door thinking that it was one of us pranking him. But when he opened the door, he felt the cold air hovering in front of him and no one around. Now he, understandably, won't answer the door at night anymore. We don't know why, but this event only happens to him. I'm thankful I have not experienced the last two stories. I have many more stories I could tell, including a personal haunting and aliens, but I'll leave you with those. Update, though. And then she, she's, I think she sent this email a couple times, but now we have an update. Ooh. This is from September 1st of this year, so 2021. My captain and crew, excluding myself, my choice, decided to do a Ouija board night. 
I promptly said, fuck no, and I went to my room to listen to my Jesus music. Oh. They found out that there were several ghosts inhabiting our station, and shortly after this night, and because they didn't properly say goodbye, they started experiencing little hauntings of their own. No. For example, a little ghost kid that likes to follow you and randomly laugh, scaring the ever-living shit out of you. With Halloween coming up and my crew working it, it is with great anticipation and slight fear of what may come next. Stay spooky, stay safe, much love and take care, and I'll see you on the other side. Lindsay. Okay, Lindsay, you'll have to update us. Did anything happen on Halloween? I know. That? And also, you know, everybody else did the Ouija board, and she said no to doing the Ouija board. But still, she's still working in the in the station, in the fire station. The station itself is now haunted. Yeah, just they because made she didn't it. participate. Oh. Although no, I do wonder suffers. if it does sound like they aren't targeting her the same way that they're targeting the other people who did play mm-hmm. with the Ouija mm-hmm. board. So hopefully that's a good sign. Isaac or whatever entity it is pulling them out of their beds. As scary as it is, it does sound maybe related to how Isaac passed away. Like the way because it seems like a I need help unless it's the demonic entity. And then that's a whole other story. And I would quit my job. Right. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's weird. Like, if it is Isaac doing that, it just seems interesting because the other story, like him saying go away and being in the bathroom just feels like a regular person living their life. Right. Just saying, like, someone's in here, like, go away. (laughs) But the other one, it almost makes me feel like it could double as that demon, the opening of the door and the cold feeling. Yeah, and the whole middle of the night thing. I do wonder what Mm -hmm. time people experience being pulled out of bed. Although the people that do see the person pulling them out of bed say that it, they see a face with a bloody, distorted man. So you're right. It could be someone just asking for help, trying to grab help because they're clearly they've been injured in some way. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe it's not Isaac or the demon. It's a completely different entity. Yeah. I mean, because they, they did theorize that some of their patients, some some people who they've served and treated and attended to have followed them back to the station. Wow, yeah. I imagine that's got to be incredibly confusing for a spirit. Maybe you do follow someone back to the station because you're like, who are these people? I'm confused. What's going on? These people seem to have the most information. I'll overhear the information and figure out what's going on with me. Mm -hmm. But then what if you get trapped? What if there's like this window of time where you have to find your way to a particular area or to like let go of your curiosity or else you get trapped that's really sad if that's the case yeah i don't know the rules (laughs) are there rules or is it just i don't know an individual i don't i don't know at this point maybe one day we'll know i mean that's what i imagine when you die you just get all the answers to the world so i i I fully expect to to know reborn reborn as a cat and your memory is wiped Yes, but that's why I will find someone who is open to playing a Ouija board and I'll help – I'll tell them everything and they write it all down. Oh, okay. I, I thought you were saying you were going to play the Ouija board. No, you're on the no, other no, no. side this of the is Ouija when I'm board. dead. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. You're just you're just TMZ for the ghost yeah. side and you're like, hey, listen to this gossip. Listen to the tale I'm spinning. And, and then people are going to be like, you were making this up. Someone else was moving mm-hmm. the board. This isn't real. You're like, no. Well, then I'll tell them to listen to episode 126 of Encounters of Two Girls, One Goes podcast at around 30 minutes so that they know that this was all a plan. And it will all prove. Right. You're thinking ahead. Yeah. I, this is, this is re- on record. <laughs> 
hopefully you remember that. Hopefully with the knowledge that you get when you pass over, you'll be able to remember exactly which episode in the timestamp to give people. Yeah, I mean, let's be honest. I don't remember what we talked about in the last episode. No. So. We often forget to say this is two girls, one ghost. I know. Let's be real. Well, yeah. Yeah, but we don't forget to keep reading stories, so. No. This is my way of not saying, okay. <laughs> so the next See, story. I made us self-conscious. <laughs> you did. This next story is from Haley, and it's called Psychic Child Mentor Opens Me Up to the Paranormal and Messes Me Up for Years. Dear Sabrina and Corinne, I'm writing with a story that I've never fully told anyone and which I can't exactly make sense of to this day. After listening to all of your encounter episodes, don't worry, I'm going back through the rest of them, I felt I should finally write to you lovely ladies. And maybe you'll help me make sense of this? I hope you find it interesting. The story. As a pigtailed child growing up in Lower Michigan, I moved schools a couple of times in elementary school. I made friends easily, but kids always realized I was a bit of a bug-loving weirdo and I'd sort of go off on my own. In one school, this led me to make friends with another lovely little weirdo, Mindy. Though this happened so long ago, I still remember so much of it. I remember the caramel honey of Mindy's eyes, the rich brown of her hair, the way she taught me to do what she did. And Mindy claimed she had powers and she thought I might have them too. So since I was an idiot child, I let her coach me. I remember at first she would hold my hands and tell me what she saw and eventually she was able to show me. I really don't know how this happened or most of what she said, but I know I was both terrified and comforted by her. I was opening myself up to messages and things which happened around me, and she'd show me dead people at first, which were mostly just faces. Picture the color of the light coming through your eyelids on a bright day, that sort of fleshy red-orange. I could see that in the dark or during the day, and the images would be sort of impressions over that color. Most of this happened on the playground or on the bus, but Mindy would also give me homework assignment. I think I was a bit of a skeptic, even at such a young age. Mindy would tell me about the little boy who hurt himself running, some horrible accident on the track decades ago, and then she would show me. I thought that more than anything, she was able to describe it so well that I just pictured it vividly. But then, on a field trip, she pointed out a large shadow that nobody else seemed to notice. It was like a huge disc was blocking the light from the sun, but there was nothing there to see. I didn't believe her fully until I started to catch up, in quotes. I would close my eyes and open myself and I'd see the images. Blood dripping downstairs, really horrible things. At school, she'd ask me where I was, almost like we were catching up on some series together. When she said I was almost where she was, she started telling me what the most recent image was and I noticed mine would be the same. We moved away shortly after, and I never saw Mindy again, but not before the darkness of all of this started to get to me. I spent way too much time catching up to Mindy at home, and I would find myself crying silently during school and randomly throughout the day. I started worrying about everyone I loved dying, and I had gruesome nightmares. Once, I even woke up to, thanks to your podcast, what I now suspect was a shadow figure in a hat standing outside of my blinds. I felt his presence before a lightning strike backlit him, and he was there for the next few flashes too. Because this was in a trailer, I knew he would have had to be unnaturally tall to be at the level he was in my window. I was pretty messed up for a while, and it took a lot of help from my family and professionals to make me a 
functional human again, and I don't see anything anymore apart from the occasional nightmare, and I'm not willing to try to see anything more. My family has so many stories from my mysterious great uncle's apparent ability to teleport to the haunted house my grandma and her siblings visited until her own grandma had a premonition of it burning, which it did that very night she had the premonition. And I might write those in sometime if you're interested. Thank you for all the work you put into the podcast and for helping so many of us through the shambling mess that is 2020. I really should have been working on my dissertation, but your podcast is just much more fun. See you on the (laughs) other side, Haley, she, her pronouns. Man, I mean, who the heck is Mindy? (laughs) Yeah, and how did Mindy know so much about these abilities at such a young age? Right, how is she able to tap into it? And like, not only tap into her own abilities, but almost share them, like project them on on to Haley. It's interesting. This is so... So fascinating. I've, we've never heard anything like this before. No, but it does remind me of like books we've read. And obviously those are all fictional, but like rules of magic and practical magic and the Alice Hoffman series of just is of like learning about your magical powers and opening yourself mm-hmm. up to it. And I, there are plenty of books that talk about how one, you know, powerful person might have abilities but it takes another powerful person to like help them find the way right but this seems like a dark version of it i know i guess in mindy's defense she's young she's the same age like does she know what she's doing or is she somehow like desensitized to what she's experiencing because it's what she's always known she just thinks that this is reality and she's sharing it with her friend not having any idea in in the world how it will affect her that's interesting Yeah, I guess in the dark version of it, I'm imagining Mindy grew up in, like, a family that practices dark magic, Mm. which makes me empathize then with Mindy because she knows no different. But I guess – Right. But I guess you're right. Like, those images are terrifying. The blood and hangings and, yeah, just – like she said, really horrible things. Yeah, which doesn't mean necessarily that the spirits she she was seeing or these things that she was experiencing were negative – It's just that she was basically seeing the way people were dying or had died. Maybe this is actually supposed to be Mindy's gift. What if Mindy grew up to be a psychic who helps police with (laughs) investigations? Like she's like, oh, I know exactly where and how this person died. Maybe this is supposed to be her gift. Interesting. Where are you now, Mindy? We must find you. But I do feel bad for Haley. It sounds like that really was so hard for her to – Oh traumatizing yeah i'm glad that she was able to cut it off you know right even though it took time i'm glad it eventually aside from nightmares and strange shadows outside her window yeah it's not as constant right yeah it makes me wonder if there's something kind of left over from her relationship with mindy like is it is it one of those things where you're almost tethered together and you you turn off or turn on a tap but the tap is always there now what if Haley starts having dreams about like about mindy and she can start seeing what's happening in mindy's life i mean this is this is a tv show so i'm gonna write it (laughs) see doing the podcast helps me with my day of studying (laughs) for something i'm writing there you go this is perfect and then i'm gonna get into bed afterwards and watch another scary movie so the one I'm about to read, there's actually two stories. I'm so aware <laughs> of the transition. Consciously <laughs> thinking about how to say it. I'm going to read an email from Rachel. She sent two different emails, but I want to read both of them. Okay. She's from Australia because it says a couple quickish tales from Australia. Ooh. 
Hello, ladies. I've only recently started listening to your podcast from the very beginning. Oh, God. <laughs> after after hearing Liz from Ghosts in the Burbs recommend giving you a listen, but I've loved what I've heard so far. I especially like the background you give to each of the stories you share. As for the quick tales, I've only had a couple of ghostly encounters, and apart from one of them, I chalk it up to my overactive imagination. So my first experience that I remember was when I was about eight or nine years old, just messing around outside. I was possibly on my way to play with the donkeys that would come say hi over our back fence. Not sure. Either way, it was a sunny, windy, early afternoon, and I had an odd feeling that someone was watching me. At first, I thought maybe one of my siblings had come out to play too. Unfortunately, when I turned around, I saw this bluish figure that kind of looked like a humanoid version of a Pokemon haunter in the air dressed like Elvis. Not the scariest thing to encounter until it said slash sung in an Elvis-like voice. One for the money, two for the show, three to get ready, and now you're going to die. What? I stood there for a minute or two before I bolted back inside. I told my parents, but they figured I was just seeing things. <gasps> the second experience was a few years after that at a different house. The house was behind an Anglican church where my dad was a local priest. Suffice to say, the house was quite a distance away from the road that connected to it. One sunny afternoon, it's Queensland, so sun is common, haha, uh -huh. I had finished my homework, so I was playing outside with my younger brother. Again, I had an odd feeling, and I decided to look down the long driveway at the road at the bottom of the hill. There was a woman in a white top and exercise pants just walking along with her child in a pram, so I shrugged off the feeling, and I went back to playing. But then the feeling came back, so I looked back down at the road, and no woman or pram, but that wasn't surprising since I figured they'd just gone further up the road past the church so I couldn't see them. A few seconds afterwards... I saw what looked like the woman, but this time she was in all white, without her pram, climbing up and down electricity poles in the direction of the driveway that led up to her house. What? She turned her head all the way to look at me when she was part of the way there, creepy horror movie style, and when she did, there was this black smudge instead of her face. <gasps> I shouted something about a ghost to my little brother before I ran back inside of the house, creeping him out enough that he ran straight after me. I never saw her again, so at the time, I thought the church might have just kept her from coming any closer to the house. But the last time I saw anything odd was a lot later on. I was in my second year of university in a different house. I think we'd been in this house for only a few weeks, and I was home alone, just browsing videos on the computer to ignore the nerves of being home alone at night while my parents went out in search of takeaway. My left eye is a lazy eye that points outwards and I thought I saw something out of it reflected in the glass of the display cupboard that was in the connecting room to the study. At first I figured it must have just been a car's headlights in the street just bouncing off the glass, but then I saw something again. It was a figure in all black, hooded, so I turned my head towards it to see properly. I only have blurred vision in my left eye, only to find that there was nothing there. I was still freaked out, so I got up and I grabbed a wooden candlestick that was near the study and I walked through the house, switching on lights as I went. My younger brother's cupboard door was slightly open, which made my heart jump out of my chest. <laughs> I swallowed down my nerves, I turned the light on, and then I went back into his room to check on the wardrobe. Nothing there. So I shut it and I went back out to where I saw the figure, but there was nothing there. As with the other events, I tried to laugh it off as my imagination going into overdrive, but I found out after we had moved to a different house that I wasn't the only one to experience odd things in that house. <laughs> a friend of my dad's saw a man in all white at the top of the stairs when he was helping us move in, and he looked so vivid that the friend actually apologized to him for nearly running into him. We had a few other people say that they got bad vibes from the house. I did too, but we were desperate for a house to move into at the time. 
Lastly, my younger brother told me that quite a few times after some late night texting to his girlfriend, he would go into the kitchen late at night slash early in the morning to get some water and thought that he would occasionally see a black hooded figure near where I saw it. He also said that he heard one of our dining room chairs being dragged back from the table as though someone was standing up from it. And once or twice, he actually saw the chair move. The neighbors said that they have never heard of anyone dying on the property or in the house, but our landlord was a pretty nasty piece of work, so it's possible he brought something into the house. Okay, and then I have one more quick one from Rachel. I'm still slowly making my way through your podcast, loving them all. The first story I have for you is a dream that I had around the time that my family dog, Sasha, had died. Apologies for the long-winded backstory before I get into the dream. I had grown up with her and always found her a great source of comfort, so losing her was really hard. My dad found a dog online for adoption, Lily, a few days after, and she's still with us today. She's absolutely adorable, a loving dog, but because my dad brought her home so soon, I felt bad opening up my heart to this new furry girl. Well, about a week after having her, I had this dream where I was playing with Sasha, and then suddenly Lily walked over to us. Sasha and Lily then started playing together for a few minutes, sort of almost sizing each other up, and then Sasha looks back to me and walks off, leaving Lily behind with me. I took this dream to be a message from Sasha telling me that she was okay and approved of my new furry friend. The second story I have for you is about a doll. Our family wasn't particularly well off, so my parents spoiled me with some toys for my birthday. I think I was probably seven or eight at this time specifically with one small cabbage patch doll that came with this tiny playset. I was over the moon. We were staying at my grandparents' place at the time, and I knew this doll was probably expensive for my parents, so I put her away for safekeeping before I went to bed. I woke up the next morning, and I pulled the doll out of her box. She had chocolate stains on her mouth. (gasps) What? Both of my siblings swore that they didn't put it on her, And I believe them since I didn't think my parents or grandparents would have let them have any chocolate. My parents also said that they didn't touch her. I asked a few years later, but no one admitted it. Suffice to say, I was a bit creeped out, but more annoyed that someone had dirtied my new doll. (laughs) Thanks for letting me waffle on again. Keep up the great work. See you on the other side. Rachel. Um, The doll with chocolate on her face is my favorite thing ever because it's just, (laughs) even if it is a haunted doll, like that's the best haunted doll ever. It just wants chocolate. Yes, it's just sneaking sweets oh my in the gosh, middle of the I night. I love that. Like all of us really are. Yeah, or want to be if we're not. Or want to be. Yeah, I like how Rachel, in the first email she sent, she's like, I really have only experienced like one thing. Everything else is kind of maybe my imagination. Uh, no. <laughs> like more stories so much. than either of us have ever experienced. Literally. Wow. And there's backup. There's like friends who've seen things. Yeah other family members that house though does sound terrifying i mean the fact that she saw that woman pushing a pram with like a supposedly or presumably a child in it and then doesn't see her but has a weird feeling and then sees her again and this time she's climbing up an electric pole and has no face this is so disturbing but it also kind of is interesting to me because like spirits are energy and they presumably get more energy from electricity because like the way that they manipulate our phones or whatever. Mm -hmm. So it's like, what was it charging up to do? I don't know. But also what was the point of presenting itself as this innocent mom with her baby in a pram? If two seconds later, it was just going to turn around and be creepy crawly towards her. Like the first picture doesn't really make sense. Like why try to disarm someone if you're going to follow it up with, with that? (laughs) 
But I guess maybe it wasn't trying to be creepy. Maybe it was like doing something. I don't know. You Maybe you're right. That's how it charges. And she just happened to see it. And then it was just going to go back to being a lady with a pram. <laughs> Walking around again. That's its thing. Yeah, I don't know. It is so unsettling. Scoping out future houses and people to haunt. Eek! Just an innocent lady with her baby in a stroller. That is like a creepy demonic. Like, if a, if a demon's doing that, I have to give them credit because it's like a perfect way to seem. Oh, it's, it's the it's new the best kid. undercover. It's the new kid standing in your doorway. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Especially because it's outside. You wouldn't mm-hmm. think anything of it. Yikes. Although it is a little bit odd because she said the church was far away. Like, the road was really set back. So, yeah, I don't know. I mean, people walk down less populated roads, but still, maybe it was a bit odd to see that. Okay. I don't even know where to go from here. I feel unsettled. (laughs) Okay, maybe a good one-ish. A cheerful one-ish. Okay. This is from Andrew, and it's called A Unique Shadow Man and a Witchcraft Used for Good. Hey, y'all. I have a couple of stories of spooky stuff that has happened to me. One of them is from childhood, and one is when I was an adult. I honestly have no idea how to explain either of them. First, the story from my childhood. When I was about four or five, I saw something that was part monster and part shadow person. I remember waking up in the middle of the night and seeing this creature in my room. It had an enormous head that was shaped like a football and enormous eyes that were perfectly circular and all black. It had stick-like limbs, and its entire body was rail-thin. The way it moved looked like it was folding and unfolding itself, which is the best way I can describe it, but it didn't take steps. I remember it turned to look at me, which is the reason I am able to remember what its face looked like, and the next thing I remember is waking up in the morning. I asked my parents if either of them had gone in my room that night, but they both just said no. I still have no idea what it was that I saw, and I haven't seen it since. Now, for my adult head story, for reference, I am currently married to a practicing witch, and she figures in the story as well. So one night, we went to bed and fell asleep like normal. However, we both woke up in the middle of the night because we both heard the same man's voice shout in our dreams. This shout was what woke us both up. We couldn't figure out what it came from, but she started feeling very strange. I looked around the room and saw a black cloud hovering around our bedroom light on the ceiling. I think I noticed that I saw it because it began to crawl back into the light. I asked my partner if she could see it and she said no, but she was able to feel the emotional disturbance it caused. I couldn't feel this, but I could see the cloud. Luckily, this allowed us to tag team whatever it was and she eventually was able to cleanse the bedroom and the apartment of whatever this presence was using a combination of magic she uses and good old sage. Love the show and thanks for reading, Andrew. Hmm. This is, I mean, the cloud hovering around the bedroom, the black cloud. This is just reminding me of when my mom had that black misty cloud come through her hallway in her bedroom at night. And then that's Mm. when she saw the only time she ever saw the ghost dog because it was running from from the cloud scared. Yeah, which, I mean, this also reminds me of the story when Nick, or okay, when I was astral traveling and I heard the voice saying, wake up. And also the time that Nick heard a voice saying like, pray for her. There's like the fact that they both heard a voice saying like a scream makes me think something was like, you guys need to wake up because there's a darkness in your room. And because they woke up, it was retreating back into whatever void it came from. Oh, this literally gives me chills. Thank God they were together. And like you said, like could tag. Yeah, I love that. He can see it and she can feel it. Mm -hmm. Cool. 
That's so disturbing, though. Like, what was it doing? What what would have come if they hadn't kind of sent it away? If they hadn't survived this dark cloud? I don't want to know, and I don't think they want to know either. I know, but I mean, clearly, this thing is. My mom's seen it. Yeah, they've seen it. This dark cloud, like creeping into people's bedrooms, is a thing. It kind of reminds me of the creeper from Waverly Hills. Yeah, you're right. This is like you're dark right. energy that other spirits disturbing. run from or are afraid of. Mm-hmm. Also, what the heck was this like stick figure monster that folded and unfolded itself with oh a my massive God. head? <laughs> yeah. And the, just the entire body being like rail thin and it just being so bendable. It reminds me like, – what I'm picturing is if anyone's seen the scary movie Mama, the ghost, the spirit of Mama is what I'm thinking of, which is a real actor. Should that be my movie tonight? Yeah, yeah, you can watch it. It's definitely um, it's not really that many jump scares, but mm-hmm. I definitely I watched it with really low volume. <laughs> it made okay, me nervous. Interesting. There's just like moments where it's really quiet, and then suddenly like something crawls oh. really fast across Eek. the room, and it just startles so they, you. Yeah, they get you. Yeah, but it's not like a. Blah! Okay, I haven't seen it, so I don't know the reference. But it is super unsettling to think of something folding and unfolding itself to move, mm-hmm. and I yeah. picture it so clearly. Just anything that moves different than what we're used to seeing as, like, natural movement with animals and people, it's just really unsettling. Yeah. But then again, there are all those scary movies where, you know, Michael Myers, he's literally walking like a normal person at at a normal pace, and yet he's still so scary. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Well, that, I think, you almost said it. You almost said it. (laughs) I caught myself. Alrighty. <laughs> I'm just going to lean in. <laughs> I like turned into the grudge there because I was like, uh-oh. <laughs> it started. It was so low under your breath too when I saw in your eyes. <laughs> this. <laughs> I was like, back up, back up. How can you make this word into some other word? Oh you can't. Oh my gosh. <laughs> okay. <laughs> oh shit. <laughs> Mama Chucker. It's one of those things that now that you drew attention to it, not only are we going to notice it all the time, everyone who listens is just going to be like, oh, my God, they said it again. It will drive everyone yeah, nuts. so sorry. Truly. So sorry. Truly sorry. The title of this is, there was something in the field, so I hid behind the horse, or why a pitchfork isn't effective against diamonds. Oh. Hey, babes. <laughs> hey. I love your podcast. Love you both and love Leia the most. You can call me Muffet. Let's go on. I grew up in the middle of absolute nowhere where our closest neighbors were 10 miles away and cows outnumbered the human population. When I was maybe 9 or 10, my parents had invited some friends and their families over to reminisce on old times. I was the oldest of all the kids by quite a ways, so I curled into a corner and listened to the adults. By 8 or 9 o'clock, the younger kids were still high on sugar and mischief, (laughs) and the parents still retelling their stories of glory days. My dad was in the middle of a particularly great tale, and he paused to ask me to go feed the animals for him. Back then, I felt proud that I was grown enough to tend to the livestock. Looking back, I realized he was probably just getting to a dirty or illegal part of the story, (laughs) and he didn't want me hearing it. (laughs) Besides, I'd done the feeding plenty of times before, so it wasn't a big deal. The cattle could graze on the pasture, so I only had to run to the barn to feed our horse. It was middle to late fall, 
when the nights came quickly, so no snow had fallen yet. It wasn't cold outside, but it was pitch black. The only light for miles around would be the horse's porch light and a flickering barnyard light, but I didn't mind. The barn was a peaceful place, even in the all-consuming dark. The two stalls, one for the horse, Molly, and the other for the store feed, smelled like sweet hay and dust. Barn cats lounged in the haystack, sparrows nestled in the eaves, and in her stall, Molly switched her tail and nickered when she saw me. This is so peaceful. It does sound it. I'm just getting nervous, though. I know. It's going to turn. We know it. I remember the night was frighteningly quiet. No cattle lowing, no insects, only Molly's impatient noises. My grandmother, somehow very Christian and yet witchy, had taught me what she called wisdoms. One of the most important wisdoms was this. Never, never sing in the dark. This night, I forgot that wisdom And to break the silence, I called in a sing-song voice to my horse, Molly girl, Molly girl, time for dinner, my sweet Molly girl. The barnyard light didn't shine into the barn, stopping just short of the little corral leading out of Molly's stall. I had a fumble to find the pitchfork, accidentally scaring a few barn cats out of the way. The pitchfork was an ancient thing. The wood halfed too long for me. The metal rungs rusted. Molly knocked her hoof against the stall, impatient for her dinner, She was always an ornery thing when food was concerned. My dad was strong enough to toss the hay over the fence, but I had to squirm my chubby little body, the pitchfork, and the flakes of hay that I'd spread through the rungs of the fence. Molly bumped her big head against my back as I tossed the hay into her feeder, and I turned to bump her back and froze. Beyond the barnyard, just past where the light shone, someone was walking towards me. The wind blew back the red coat they wore, swaying with every step. I didn't know what to do. The house was too far away to run. There was no one for miles around, and no one inside the house would be able to hear me if I screamed. I had the pitchfork. It would be used as a weapon. What to do? What to do? I did, perhaps, the stupidest thing. I hid behind the horse. (laughs) Let me explain why this was the dumbest idea I could have done. One, because it was easy for anyone to see my legs (laughs) and my head poking above her shoulder. And two, because it was just as easy to see the pitchfork that I held. (laughs) Three, because Molly couldn't care less about my fear and whatever the heck was walking towards us. She had her food, so she kept trying to walk forward to eat only for me to grab onto her mane and hiss no 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 stop moving you old nag oh still i hid behind her for what felt like hours but was probably a solid 20 minutes peeking around her every so often to check but it was still walking towards the barn towards me but somehow never getting closer not human then grand told me not to sing and i had did i accidentally draw something's attention The pitchfork was useless against a spirit, but maybe not against a cryptid. Molly wasn't spooking, but I couldn't trust her instincts. If there was (laughs) hay in the feeder, she couldn't give a damn if Bigfoot himself were braiding her tail. So I hid behind her for another long while, probably another 10 or 15 minutes. Still, the thing didn't get any closer. Now let me backtrack a bit and explain something. Past our barnyard, where the creature was seemingly walking in place was a fenced-off crop field. It was almost time for harvest, which meant farm workers had been walking in the field searching for any sort of rot or parasite, taking soil samples to keep track of which part of the field they were on. The workers would put a hat or a jacket on the fence post to mark their progress. (laughs) Maybe you're starting to tie this whole pattern together. (laughs) Yeah, that intruder that had made me hide behind my horse for the better part of an hour, that was someone's jacket that they'd set on the fence post. The way it moved in the wind had made it look like it was walking, and I couldn't really see what it was in the dark. 
I finished feeding Molly, who had become increasingly irritated at me, and stabbed the pitchfork back into the haystack. Then I hurried back to the house. The adults were too invested in their storytelling to have noticed that I'd been gone for an hour, and the children couldn't care less, so I didn't tell them what had happened. In fact, this is the first time I'm telling anyone. (laughs) I hope you enjoyed it. Stay spooky, my ladies. Muffet. Wow. Oh, my God. Wow, Muffet. You really took me on a ride, that story. I know. I that was amazing. <laughs> truly thought it was going to be something creepy. Because in that situation, it could be an intruder. Like, it could be a someone, a killer, you know? Yes. Who saw you leave the house by yourself, was watching the house while everyone was inside and saw you leave by yourself right. and sort of creeping towards dark, you. So- yeah. Yeah, you're not going to notice them no. crouching down in the corner or even standing like oh my 15 gosh. feet away from you. And I love that no one noticed she was gone for so long. Just like scared by herself. I know. Ugh. I know. Wow. I love an occasional story like this where you just – it just is like the classic. Like you get you get the ghost story debunked, mm-hmm. but it just feels – you still feel the same you exact fear. through it. Yeah. It, it's like Bloody Joey where, where Joey <laughs> scarred all of his, his uh, classmates and friends in like elementary school. Bloody Mary. Bloody Mary. Oh, my yes. gosh. Wow. Man. <laughs> but also so brave. I mean, I know I know Muffet was painting the picture of the barn just being like so picturesque, so lovely, so like warm and inviting. But the darkness, every single dark corner, just the trail, like the path to get from the house in the dark to this otherwise like really dimly lit barn. Yeah. I would never do I wouldn't even do it in a, no. right now. It's one of those things because, you know, growing up, I would always have to go down to the basement to feed my cats. And I was horrified of it. Like, I mean, my basement was already haunted. But imagining making a trek out in the darkness, like I can't even take trash mm-hmm. out at, late at night because I'm so scared. Yeah. So this Muffet was a, a round brave of applause. little way braver than I am. Okay, I have a story from Gabby, and it's called The Haunted Jeep That Saved My Life. Hey, ladies, Gabby again. I'm totally addicted to your podcast and decided to balance out the demon email I sent you with a happy haunting. You often hear disturbing and tragic tales about haunted cars, but my haunted Jeep, RIP, saved my life a couple of times. And this actually reminded me, remember you read a haunted Jeep story a couple, I mean, maybe a couple months ago at this point? Where there was like a ghost attached to the jeep. No, there was like a bullet found in the in the <laughs> garage. Oh. Yes, 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 yeah. yes. Couldn't tell you what episode that is, but no. Two and a half years ago, I bought this used Jeep Liberty from some guy on Craigslist who had bought it from someone else off of Craigslist about ten years prior. I am for sure a Jeep girl, so after my ex, a car mechanic, gave it the okay, I bought it on my way to the DMV to get the car officially transferred into my name. The front. Interior overhead lights started to flicker. But hey, it was a 20-year-old used vehicle, no biggie. Light bulbs can be replaced. So I talked to my ex, and he took a look at the bulb and the wiring and said everything looked just fine, and that it shouldn't have done that. I figured it was just a weird one-off thing because, you know, this kind of thing happens sometimes. Well, fast forward a month or so, and for this part of the story, you should know that I have a total lead foot. I was driving down a hill on the highway near my neighborhood going 90 in a 60. Yeah, yeah, I know. (laughs) When suddenly the car lurched, the radio shut off, and it started slowing down rapidly. The speedometer leveled out at 60 miles an hour, and I was freaking out and looked around just in time to see a hidden cop car directly to my left. I still had my foot flooring the gas, and once I was out of view of the cop, my Jeep immediately sped back up to 90. 
My ex once again checked out my car and said that other than an issue with one of my back windows, there was absolutely nothing that would have caused that to happen. I drove home that night and spoke to myself out loud saying, watch, with my luck, this car is haunted or some shit. And right as I finished talking, the overhead light turned on by itself. I spoke to my car saying, oh, so you are haunted? And the light turned off and then back on. I literally laughed out loud in response. From then on, I would talk to my car whenever I got inside. And if I asked it simple yes or no questions, it would respond. If it blinked on and back off immediately after, that meant no. And if it blinked and stayed on, that meant yes. The radio also would randomly turn itself on and it would consistently slow itself down when there were police cars around. Now for the life-saving part. I was going to visit my ex one day after it had rained and I turned a sharp corner and started to spin out. There was a boulder in the median and a tree right beside it and my Jeep was barreling toward it. At the angle we were turning slash sliding, I was about two seconds from hitting it head on and probably dying. My ex, who had walked out to meet me, witnessed the entire thing and finally believed me when I said my car was haunted because I shut my eyes, lifted my hands off the wheel, and yelled out, help! On command, I heard the familiar squeak of the brakes pressing down and opened my eyes just in time to see the steering wheel turn itself. The car came to a complete stop inches from the boulder and tree. As I gathered myself, I couldn't stop myself from asking, was that you? The light blinked on, yes. <gasps> oh, I adored that car from then on and absolutely refused to let anyone else drive it with the exception of mechanics, and I took amazing care of it. I never let my Jeep get dirty inside, took it to the car wash weekly, and had a diagnostic done every oil change. I would even pat the dash and say thanks anytime it helped me out. But one day, about eight months ago, it started acting weird. I took it in to get looked at, and no one saw anything wrong with it. I got a second opinion and still nothing. I drove it up to visit my current boyfriend, and on the way back to my house, I asked the Jeep if it was okay. It blinked on and then clicked off. No. I asked, okay, well, what's wrong? And then the radio turned on and switched stations a few times before settling on the country station. I was used to my Jeep randomly changing stations, but then the song If I Die Young was playing on the country station, and the check engine light flashed on. I'm not even going to pretend I didn't start bawling. I know it's just a car, but that Jeep saved my life, helped me narrowly avoid speeding tickets, and would even talk to me on longer car trips through blinking and changing the stations on the radio. Anyway... The Jeep began to slow down and stutter, and the lights started blinking on and off, and I had to pull over in a gas station. I turned the car off, and when I tried it again, nothing happened. Not even the lights would turn on. I called my boyfriend in tears to come and get me, and he had the car towed off the next morning to get looked at. The engine was dead with no hope of salvaging it. It was going to be $6,000 to get a new engine, and as a college kid, you know I do not have that kind of money. So I had to send it to the junkyard. I'm 23 and my 30-year-old sister humored me by going out to see the car with me while I cried and basically held a little memorial for it. Everyone knew that my Jeep was haunted. Most had experienced things themselves driving around with me and they knew how important that car was. I got a new used car shortly after and tried asking if it was haunted, but nothing happened. It's just a normal old car. Anyway, with all the scary hauntings y'all share, I figured you might like something a little more uplifting, even though it's a little sad, or at least to me it is. Anyway, I love your podcast. You keep me entertained while driving around in my now not haunted car. And I love that y'all are <laughs> spooky and hilarious at the same time. 
Love and haunts from Austin's other side, Gabby. I have tears in my eyes. Yeah, this is like a dream situation. Yeah, it's like a transformer. And now it's, over. it's like Bumblebee. <laughs> I know. I was thinking of Cars, like yeah. the movie Lightning McQueen. Oh my god, what's the Lindsay Lohan movie? Um, Be- beep beeper beep. Be- oh oh god. gosh, Lindsay it's like Lohan. beep. Why do I keep saying beep? Herbie, Herbie, Herbie fully loaded. Herbie. You're saying beep <laughs> because it beeps. <laughs> because it goes beep, beep. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Oh, my gosh. This is incredible. Like, this is this is beyond just an occasional, like, oh, the radio changes or it flashes in response. Yeah. This seems like it was constant, and it literally saved her life multiple times. And it makes me well, wonder. Well, I mean, it saved her life one time, and then it saved her from getting a yeah, ticket. It saved her, her butt. license removed. Saved her butt. The other times. times. Yeah. Wow. I am like so curious if the owners previously also experienced this and maybe the ghost just like continued on with the car and helped people who owned it or if it was just specific to her or what it was because the way that it moved on, like it felt like it wasn't the car. It was the spirit that was keeping the car alive Mm -hmm. and the spirit moved on and was like, I can't help. You don't need me anymore. Oh, the spirit is fading as the car is fading. Ugh. It's being pulled to the light. And so the car eventually gives out. Wow. Gabby. I wonder if this person, like the spirit of this car was like somehow related to this car. Did they own mm-hmm. the car previously and they felt very, very strongly towards it? Did they design the car, make the yeah. car? Like, was it their favorite car? I mean, how it's how hard to this- know happened especially because it was bought from someone on craigslist who had bought it on craigslist before you know so knowing the history of it's probably impossible to find well this is just so fascinating because when we talk about haunted artifacts we often think about like a a demon possessing a doll or something Mm -hmm. like that but this is this is magical this is a giant piece of machinery that is has a wonderful spirit on the other side yeah this is my favorite story it's amazing (laughs) <laughs> but I didn't save I'm it for the end. I'm going to print this out and I'm going to frame it on my wall <laughs> to remember this car. It's funny though because I didn't save it for the end because I have a scary one for the end. And obviously I'm a scary person and I want to scare all of us so we can't go to sleep. <laughs> Wonderful. All right. So here you are talking about how people aren't going to be able to sleep uh-huh. after the story you read. But before you do so, I'm going to read an email from Megan called Sleep Paralysis. Oh, good. So even if you do fall asleep, it doesn't mean it will be restful. Oh, good. Hi, ladies. I'm a new listener. And while I'm kicking myself for not finding y'all sooner, I'm super happy. I have so many episodes to binge through. Hmm. So my first experience with sleep paralysis was when I was about 18 or 19. I was taking a nap in between school and work, and I had reached this half-asleep stage. It felt like someone was holding me down, and I couldn't move. I seriously thought a ghost was holding me down because this was 14 years ago, so I'd never had sleep paralysis at the time. I eventually got myself up and decided a nap just was not a good idea. The next times that it happened were at night. Every time it happened since, I've seen things. I can't move. I can't talk. And I've seen random scary women in my room coming for me. When I wake up, I'm looking at my room at the exact angle that I was laying down in when the people were standing there, if that makes sense. The first time I saw someone, she was a dark-haired woman in a white dress, lady in white style, and she was coming out of the closet towards me. I tried to scream for my then-boyfriend, we're married now, but nothing came out. When I woke up, it was like she had disappeared. 
because I was still looking at the closet and my boyfriend was peacefully sleeping and had no idea that I'd just been screaming about a demon lady in the closet. There was another time that I was laying on my side and I saw a red-haired woman leaning over my husband looking at me. And while I was in this state of not being able to move, it felt like she had pulled me out of my bed under the sheets and was slinging me around the room. What? And I could not scream. Oh my god! I woke gosh. up in my bed looking over to where I first saw her, but nobody was there. It doesn't happen very often, but when it does, it's terrifying. And it usually happens when I'm very tired. Anyway, thank you ladies so much. I love your podcast and I tell everybody about it. Megan. That's horrifying. Yeah, yeah, it freaking is. Because it's not just sleep paralysis. It is these entities fully touching her, pulling her, slinging her around. Yeah, a full distortion of her reality. Yeah. Like making her feel like that's truly what's happening to her. Ugh, it, ugh. Maybe that's what's happening to her astral being. Mm-hmm. I know because this is like the longtime debate that we've always had. We've always taken the stance of sleep paralysis, we believe, is is encounters with the paranormal. But yeah. plenty of people think that it's just a sleep phenomenon, which is totally fine. But there's there are experiences, there are emails that we've received and, and people's stories we've heard where people slip out of the sleep paralysis and for a couple moments they actually do see mm-hmm. whatever was in their dream in waking life before yeah. it kind of like slinks away and disappears. So I think sometimes there there definitely is something that's like, you know, you're the marionette doll and it's playing your dream. And sometimes Ugh. it can disappear and other times you might see a glimpse of it hovering over your husband still. Ugh. Very scary. It's so unsettling. I hate sleep paralysis. I am still to this day – I'm always afraid of saying it because I'll knock on wood after it. But – I'm so grateful I've never experienced sleep paralysis because I truly don't think I would survive knocking on wood now. Yeah. I mean, I've had it happen. The most recent time, the thing that kind of stinks for Megan is that it sounds like she just gets it in regular nighttime sleep. But the only times I've experienced it is always when I'm having a nap. I think I'm just like in this in-between state where Mm. it's accessible. But remember the last time I had it, I told you and I talked about it on the podcast. Yeah. I was really confused because it was the first time ever that I'd actually felt like I was being touched by yeah. a spirit and that I was fully convinced that my like top half, my torso had been pulled up. Like it felt like someone had wrapped their arms around me and was pulling me up until I was almost fully in a seated position. Ugh. And then I like fought, fought, fought myself back down, obviously like not moving. Actually, I was paralyzed <sighs> and then woke up. Yeah, that's super And then I asked my mom, I was like, did you... Did you, like, come in here and pull, pick me up? <laughs> no. Nope. It's very creepy. No, 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 no. Okay. Okay. What do you have to leave us with nightmares? So this was inspired by we, on our most recent, since recording this episode, Green Room episode, did a whole night of creepy kid encounters. And Chris was there and had messaged in the chat saying he had a creepy kid horror movie plot meaning his child is very creepy. It's almost like a horror movie. (laughs) And I told him to email and he did. He emailed right away and I am going to read it to you. Amazing. Good evening, ladies. Tonight's session for the green room just ended and I figured I'd send you my creepy kid story. We have two children, both just broke 10 years old. And although they have passed the creepy phase, We still get mentions of Peeker and Shadow Man. Peeker apparently likes to pop their head in the door from time to time to see what's going on. 
I want to say that this is just her imagination, but I still can't shake the nagging feeling that it is more than that. Thankfully, I haven't experienced anything too extreme, just a random light turned on after I distinctly remember turning it off or the occasional whispers that I can easily put off. But let me turn our attention back to my daughter. My daughter loves everything creepy and scary, so this just adds icing to this multi-layered cake. I'm in the military and our family was relocated back to the States after my daughter was diagnosed with autism. This was so she could receive therapy to help her advance in areas that she was struggling. Part of this included an occupational therapist that came to our home one or two times a week. She is awesome and our children absolutely adore her. One day, the therapist approached my wife and I in the living room as our children were doing something in the dining room. In a hushed voice, she handed us a drawing our daughter made and said that we should take a look at it. The drawing showed what looked like a woman in a blue dress and apron holding a gray object with bits of red on it with red streaks falling to the floor. Next to the woman was a pile of objects that had red crayon underneath. I was really hoping we weren't going to hear what I was expecting. The therapist asked us if we noticed anything that's changed in her sleeping habits. We hadn't noticed anything too off. Our daughter wasn't a hard child to put to bed, aside from doing creepy things like walking on all fours into our room trying to be stealthy. She would also (laughs) quietly stand next to our bed waiting for us to wake up, which is not a fun way to be woken up at 3 a.m. But these were typically after she said she had a nightmare and we would let her crawl into bed with us. Apparently, it may have been more than a nightmare. Our daughter told the therapist that a couple nights she was woken up by a lady asking her for help. She said she was covered in blood and was holding a knife with blood on it. My daughter was scared and told her no. The lady would then open our daughter's sliding closet door where there was a bloody pile of corpses. (gasps) She kept trying to get my daughter to go with her. This would probably be where she would come to our room for safety. I've had personal experiences growing up that made me a firm believer in the paranormal, so I couldn't just ignore it. I think it was my wife who asked why our daughter hadn't told us anything about it, and apparently the woman that my daughter had seen warned her that if our daughter told us anything about her, she would kill us. Oh my god! We chalked it up to a scary story or video that maybe she came across on YouTube because it sounds exactly like something from a horror movie, and we have never watched one around her. If it was real, the area our house was at had a bloody Civil War battle nearby, so it wouldn't surprise me if what she saw was somehow related. We kept a closer eye for anything weird, but hadn't noticed anything. We moved to another state about a year or two later, but after four years, I just got my orders back to the same base. So we'll be there early next year, and we absolutely will not be moving back into that same house. Thank you for the podcast, ladies. Listening to this first thing on a Monday starts my week off just right. Much love and positive vibes to you and yours, Chris. Oh, my God. I feel really bad for his daughter. I know. That's so scary to experience. Terrifying. Just the imagery in and of itself of what she was saying mm-hmm. is horrifying. But then to carry all of that fear yourself on your little 10-year-old body because you're trying to protect your family. Yeah. Ugh. Oh. It reminds me of, I mean, this is a very far connection, but it reminds me of Abducted in Plain Sight. I just rewatched that documentary. Oh, yeah. Where, Mm. like, the whatever terrible guy's name was, like, made the alien story up. And it was like, if you tell anyone, your like, harm will come to your family. Yeah. I'm just really glad that Chris's daughter 
was able to confide in the therapist. Yeah. Well, it sounds like she maybe drew the picture and then the therapist was like, um, hold up. <laughs> What's this? this? <laughs> what is this? <laughs> so tell me more. Wow. Yeah. Mm. Do not move into that same house. And maybe knock on the door of the people who do live in that house and find out if anything's going on. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. If they have kids. It sounds like it's preying on children. Yeah. So uh, maybe it's dependent on if that new family has any kids, yeah. how young the kids are. Or is it that is it just that bedroom specifically? Yeah. I don't know. Oh, gosh. Well, I'm glad you guys are out of it. Yeah, seriously. She didn't mean to be a creepy kid. She just turned out. No, I don't think most kids <laughs> – plan to be or mean to be <laughs> creepy kids they just end up no. being creepy oopsie turned out a creep oopsie well we are too so creeps everyone unite. is welcome here creeps unite yes so if you're a creep and you have creepy stories or pleasant happy stories whatever it may be please email them to us at two girls one ghost podcast at gmail.com and also come join us on green room every tuesday at 5 p.m pacific 8 p.m eastern to possibly share your stories with us live. Yes. We have other ways to support us as well. You can rate and review us on iTunes. You can follow us on social media. Instagram's a great place to follow us and Facebook because almost everything that happens gets posted there. Big updates. <laughs> if you're following us on Instagram, we do a countdown every single week to our Green Room episode as a reminder. Yep. And we have merch. Yeah. Shop the holiday merch. It's back. We it's wish back, you baby. a Merry Christmas. It's back. And thank you so much to our editor, Aiden Manning, for editing this episode. We are so grateful for you and all of your hard work. And sorry for all of the burping and pee breaks we take. <laughs> Oopsie. And okay. All righty. We will. <laughs> See you on the other side. Very spooky.